Welcome to this episode of Across the Bifrost, where we are going to explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor with you today. My name is Ryan Doze. I am your host, and I am excited for this episode specifically because I get to share two fun conversations with you all about Thor's world. The first conversation that I get to share with you today is uh, an interview that I did with a Valkyrie cosplayer. We go all in depth on Valkyrie from the movies and bringing Valkyrie to life through the art of cosplay. And then later on in the conversation, I sit down with one of my good friends to talk all about Loki episode two, The Variant. This show has been crazy so far, and this episode really, really grabbed our our imagination and our expectations and kind of just threw them out the window. We have so much to break down in this episode. I hope you stick around and enjoy that at the end. One of the ways you can help the show, this is really, really key, and I would love it if you would support us in this way, is by going to iTunes, subscribing to Across the Bifrost, rating us five stars, and then leaving a review so that more people can find the show, more people can listen, and more people can join us aboard the Rainbow Bridge as we explore Thor's world. Like I said, super excited for this show. Can't wait for you to enjoy these conversations. Let's get going. Welcome, everybody, to our interview for the week. I am super excited to have uh, another awesome guest on the show. I have a another cosplayer lined up for you uh, to, to hear us talk today. She is uh, going to introduce herself in a second, and then we're going to jump in and get rocking and rolling with our interview. So, uh, esteemed guests, in, uh, introduce yourself. <laughs> Let us uh, get to know you here. Well, hello. I am Rebecca, but most people know me as um, Quick Cosplay or as Quick Silva when I'm gaming. Um, that is an awesome I... handle, by the way. Okay. Quick Silva. That is cool. <laughs> like a weird backstory I've been Quicksilver for a really long time um but yeah I mean I guess introduction about myself um as you mentioned I'm a cosplayer I'm also a gamer I am a mom of two boys I homeschool my kids oh my gosh crazy but it's it's really nice because it allows us to live the freedoms that we want to live um my husband works uh remotely and he travels quite a bit so by being able to homeschool my kids i'm able to travel and have a very flexible schedule i mean what kid doesn't want to do homeschool on the beach and then go surfing afterwards you know what i mean like i mean i'm just say i would have loved that for my child <laughs> this kid um, wants to <laughs> I mean, it's definitely hard um, sometimes, but um, it, it does have its benefits. It pros and cons. Yeah. Um, um, so then, so I am, so I do that full time. So I am a full time homeschooling parent. However, um, I do also professionally do modeling. Uh, my boys do professional modeling as well, which is another thing that helps with our homeschooling yeah. is we have auditions or commercials or ads that we have to shoot for. So being able to homeschool, we're able to take our learning on the go. So um, that's kind of, yeah. I'm a, yeah, lover well, of sugar. And lover I'm a lover of, of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> lover well, of 
beaches. <laughs> I, I, there's so much in there that I, I know we're, I know we're going to circle back around to, so uh, much. Yes. but I like to ask my guests, where in the nine realms do you call home? Oh, uh, I call Northern suburbs of Chicago home. So, okay. um, I don't live in Chicago. I don't ever want to claim that I used to live in the city and you call yourself, you say you're in Chicago, you better be in Chicago. Like that's just, <laughs> That's my whole thing. You know? a, so I'm not. I'm in the burbs. I live there now. So. Okay. So north north side, you're in you're in Cubs territory then. Yeah. It's, honestly, I'm not really a big sports fan in general. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing to sports that I watch will be soccer because I'm Brazilian. So okay. you, you know you have to watch soccer. So as a like World Cup kind of stuff, you know, like some of those games. But other than that, we're, I've never. I've been an athlete almost my whole life, but never a big fan of watching sports. Okay. So, I get that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's, yeah. Um, I, I'd be really shocked if the listenership of this podcast, this Thor podcast, was like, what do you mean, man? She's not a sports fan. <laughs> that would be I know, honestly. a weird cross-section. <laughs> No, yeah, no sports for us, but you, lots of other fun, nerdy things that we enjoy. <laughs> so you said, you know, your life is you, you're 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 a mom, you're a full time mom, uh, man, yeah. uh, raising kids, uh, modeling, uh, man. That is, I mean, that's quite that's quite a day job. You're like, yeah, I I get paid for people to take pictures of me. That's <laughs> it's it's way yeah. more nuanced than that. I'll bet, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, I let me clarify here. I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. Like a supermodel or anything like that. I'm only five four. I'm short. You know, I you and Heidi Klum don't I'm hang like, out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just because when I say that, people are like, "Well, you don't look like you know," because people think model, they think mo- like runway modeling or okay. like you know, swimsuit lingerie. I don't, I don't do that stuff. I'm a, I'm what they call a lifestyle model. Okay, so I'm your mom at the store. I am your manager in an office. I am your customer searching, like shopping for a couch at the room place. Like (laughs) I am that kind of a model. So I'm your typical, like average thing. So those are the kind of like Groupon. I've done those kind of things. Okay. So it's like people are supposed to, People are supposed to look at you and be like, man, if, if she can buy a couch, then maybe I can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm the friendly face you see. Oh, uh, okay. Hey, guys, I shop here. You should shop too. You know, like I'm okay. supposed to be the inviting individual <laughs> Okay. <laughs> to bring people in. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, you're, you're an everyday hero um, helping people make decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, um, you said like your, your life is full of so many of these nerdy things and I, I, yeah. I can't get over how awesome uh, that gamer tag is. Um, quick, so that's so cool. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I came across you, so we have a, a mutual acquaintance, uh, actually the first guest yes. we ever had on Across the Bifrost at, at Becoming Thor, he, uh, did these um, these these group group shots, you and he together, where he was Thor, yes. you're you're uh, cosplaying as Valkyrie, and I was yeah. just like, oh my gosh, she looks like she stepped out of a movie. So, uh, and I even said in that interview, <laughs> I was you. like, well, I you're very welcome. <laughs> I even said in that interview, like I want to talk to her, um, and uh, so I've got. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. Thanks for coming, Thor, by the way. 
way for the shout out and like I was so like oh my gosh it's so nice he is a he is a <laughs> great <laughs> he's a great guy I that is so great all like looking uh through your own content on your page made me want to ask uh like when did you start cosplaying what inspired you yeah. to start cosplaying kind of tell us your uh tell us your origin story Oh, my origin story. Um, well, I began my journey into cosplay life um, back when I was a poor college student. Where okay, broke. We've, broke. we've all been there. Oh yeah, I mean, I um, loved. I was a big, big anime fan, big anime nerd back then. It was pretty much all I watched. It was back when, like, you remember when Netflix used to still have the the DVDs, and you have to like. Uh, I would have the subscription. Yes. And I would be like flipping, you know, I had a crunchy roll and I was just like flipping through all of like my animes and watching Netflix and watching them as soon as possible so I could get my next one. So I was like super into my anime life back then, still really big into gaming. And I went to um, ASUN for the first time, the, um, the anime central um convention okay. and I dressed up as Orihime and this was back in 2007 2008 okay so I did the best I could I um, put together the cheapest costume that I could I couldn't afford a wig back then so I literally dyed my hair a horrendous orange to be oh Orihime from bleach it was <laughs> it was pretty hideous it wasn't even the right shade it was just I was like you know what I'm gonna do my best and <laughs> It's like a DIY cosplay. Oh, yeah. It was was a good old time. And then the second cosplay I ever did before I took a really long break was my Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. Um, I absolutely love Tomb Raider 2. It was one of my favorite games. Um, So I had to be Laura Croft. So um, those were my first two cosplays. And just, gosh, it's so funny because I had so little and I did so much with it. And I had the most amazing time ever and it nothing really inspired me to go do that other than the fact that I just loved those characters I loved Orkime and Bleach and I loved um Laura Croft I just wanted to embody those characters and just have fun and go to a convention with other like-minded nerds and just dress up and just be myself yes and then we went with a huge group of friends too and that was a lot of fun so there's a a lot of a lot of just like I want I, these are things I'm passionate about. These are things I love. Yeah. And I want to, I, you know, I, I want to kind of, but well, literally I want to wear that. I want to, I want to, I want to mm-hmm. put that on and see what it feels like to be this character. Yeah, it was, it's, it was so interesting. I, um, putting on, cause Orhime was my first, first. So putting that on and going in with the group and one of my, my friends from college dressed up as Chad, so um, I'm not sure if you've seen Bleach at all, but he has like it, it, cool arm. He has like a Hawaiian shirt, like shaggy hair. I know like, what like character him. you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah, he looks exactly like Chad. He completely nailed that, and we were both like again, like closet cosplay kind of a, a situation, and it was in insane. It was so unreal coming into this big. And it was the first time I've ever been been to a convention, so being surrounded by other beach bleach cosplayers and bleach was super big at the time yeah and it was just like being welcome to a family i had like people running up and hugging me like ichigo's like coming up out of nowhere and be like are you and hug me picking me up and i'm like oh my gosh but it was like okay you know like yeah. it was as if we 
transformed or transcended in some way. We got to become who we loved in these movies and you know games and series and things like that. That's the power of cosplay, really. Like people are no longer just normal you feel like a whole different individual which is so amazing and that just so you know listener that is the quote that i'm pulling from the episode uh that's the power of cosplay i so uh we are so um hey listener you got way more bleach talk than you thought you were in for today but that's like that's the no, no, that's the that's the extra credit. You guys get that for free. Uh, so we are here to to talk really about uh, your approach to Valkyrie, and yes. um, and those of you that like, man, if if you've seen uh, Ragnarok, uh, you, you got to go uh, look at her page like right now. Stop the recording. I don't mind. Uh, Rebecca doesn't mind. You just need to go <laughs> look at that. Um, but I wanted to know uh, before we dive into the kind of the, the nuts and bolts of your approach, yeah. what are some of your first memories of Thor and his world? Um, because that's why this podcast exists to explore his world. What are some yeah. of your first memories of him and his, his supporting cast? Um, I like, we've always, you know, I, grew up you know my dad was a fan of superheroes um I've, I've always kind of known about thor in terms of from a distance through comic books and things like that i wasn't a big comic book reader personally because like i said i had other interests I was yeah. really big into anime and gaming so comic books didn't really come into my life or into the radar until after college like into my adulthood when i started meeting other um, cosplayers and things like that um yeah, like all of the the MCU films, like I, that's kind of how I really was more introduced into like Thor the character in a deeper sense was through the films. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it. Like I didn't like I said didn't read too many of the comics, so but I did have a surface idea of who Thor was. I yeah. Knew he was Odin's son, and, and that was kind of God of Thunder, and that's about it. I think I think though uh, that's I mean that's how I was introduced to the character. I, I had this peripheral yeah. knowledge of him, but then like man yeah. that that those movies started hitting, and I was like, oh, this guy is someone I should know more about. Um, right. So then, what what drew you to the specific character of Valkyrie? Because um, she shows up in yeah. Thor Ragnarok, she's she's existed for a long time, and the, the concept of the Valkyrie has existed for a long time, even to like Norse mythology. But but in comics, they've existed right. for a long time. What? Why was Rebecca drawn to that character? And then you know you wanted to 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 put that character on. Walk us through that. All right. Absolutely. I mean, the knowledge that I had of the Valkyrie was very you know, the, the Norse, like the Brunhild blonde Valkyrie. So that is a great reference, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, the limited knowledge that I do have, but, um, (laughs) you know, I wasn't expecting to see someone who looks like myself represented as the, the Valkyrie, you know, for the Ragnarok films, you know, I would have expected more, um, something closer to what the comic books were depicting, you know, like I said, like the blonde Brunhild kind of Valkyrie. So the traditional Valkyrie. 
Um, I am a huge fan of Tessa Thompson in general. Like she is queen. Like she is, I find her to be absolutely gorgeous and she is a great actress. And I thought it was hilarious. One of my favorite MCU moments is her coming out, like her with her drinks. Like he's fine. She toss it up. And she just falls over. I almost died. I was like, that's amazing. What a fun way to introduce a character. Oh my gosh, um, yes. You know, like, so, yeah, there's several of those fun introduction moments like of, of different characters. And introduction to Valkyrie was awesome. And I just laughed at that. And I was like, that's totally something that I would probably do. Maybe not so intoxicated to that extent, <laughs> but like completely fumble over myself while I'm trying to be, you know, badass. You know what I mean? Um, so that kind of drew me to her. I also found her story to be very interesting and very deep. The trauma that she experienced with, you know, against, um, against Hela and losing all the other Valkyries as well. And her wanting to kind of just withdraw and just be like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done fighting other people's battles. And you know what I mean? And, and I kind of resonated with that to some extent. Like I've had some of my own issues in my life where I'm just like, you know what, I'm done. Like I'm backing away from this. I'm, I'm leaving it alone. But I found it really inspiring that despite it all, she knew that it was for the greater good. And she had the power to step up and assist in, in making a, a difference, you know, for for everyone. So I just found her, her character to just be very strong and inspiring. And I mean, like, even Thor knows it. Thor, you know it. You want to be a Valkyrie. So, mm. so why wouldn't I want to be a Valkyrie myself? She so uh, you 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 mentioned this at the beginning and, and it's on your it's on your Instagram profile actually that you are Brazilian American. I am. Did I get that right? Okay. So when you say that you did not expect, like it wasn't even really a thought, like oh Valkyrie's gonna look like me. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know how far you uh, you maybe want to take this thought, but like with representation in the MCU and in comics, what yeah. about that? Like, what about that? Do you feel is just like necessary um, when you see her and you instantly connect? You're like, she looks like me. What yeah. what does that like stir in you? Um, on a big screen. I mean, this is a multi-million dollar enterprise right. they're doing. And they have just showed you a character that you're like, oh, she looks like me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's strong. I mean, I can't say, um, I know that there's been a lot of discrimination on different levels for people of color. You know, um, there's a lot of hurt and damage there. And sometimes they're put in roles or positions where, you know, it's way more of a supporting individual where, you know, that was just, just that one character of color. I don't know. Like, I don't want to make it sound like there isn't any sort of representation of people of color in the Marvel universe, because there absolutely is. There's definitely many characters who are um, of, of color, but, but seeing, seeing that, you know, as, um, as a woman of color, it's really important to see yourself in a powerful position with role models that you can look up to because you don't always get that, you know? So yeah. Um, it was, it was really nice. And not only that, but it was kind of like a, a booyah to some people who I don't, I like, I, and I'm sorry to the people who don't feel that 
the casting was correct. Um, I did run into some blogs long time ago about people being really upset by the casting of Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. They're like, this is completely inappropriate. I'm like, inappropriate. Why though? Like, why can't she be a woman of color? I mean, the Valkyries were, you know, chosen by Odin, you know, who cares what color she is. So I don't know. Like, no, that's awesome. I still don't quite know if the Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok, and you can maybe enlighten me on this. Like, was she supposed to be technically the Valkyrie, or was she just a Valkyrie? So uh, that's actually a great question, and I was actually thinking about that today, but just preparing for for our chat. I think, yeah. in my opinion, um, that the reason why we refer to her as Valkyrie is yeah. because she's the last remaining Valkyrie. She's like, yeah. she's like, she she carries on the name for all of them that that are no longer there. It's like to me, yeah. I, I interpret it as more of a memorial because mm-hmm. when Thor realizes, like, oh, you're one of the Valkyrie, I you almost see mm-hmm. this look on 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 her face, like, no, I'm I'm the only one left. Yeah. Um, and that's why maybe yeah. she she goes by the scrapper name in the beginning, yeah. and then you know when she when she puts on the white armor, and oh, that's such yeah. a great scene. I'm sure we'll yeah. get to that. I, I, that's how I've interpreted it. Um, yeah. Speaking of interpretations of the character, um, we yeah. I'm sure we'll come back to Tessa Thompson because she is again sure. a phenomenal actress and. Um, she's done yeah. so many great things even outside of Thor. But when you yeah. decided, I'm going to do this character, how did you decide to approach the character? I tried to approach her um, pretty close to film. And I know that some cosplayers, um, I know that becoming Thor, he's he's fantastic at just embodying uh, embodying the just essence of Thor, which I find to be fantastic. Like he... And I listened to the interview, too, and I can attest, like, he can stay in that character. He just oozes that superhero aura, and I just applaud him for how kind and wonderful of a human being he is and how giving he is. Um, so for me, I take, although I, 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 so I take that strength that she has. So I do love the strength that she has, and I try to just kind of stick to the attitude that she had throughout the film and try to stick close to the script almost that I was presented. Like, she did such a fantastic job of laying out this character um, for me to embody. Yeah. I just kind of stuck with that. But um, there's definitely some <laughs> difficulties staying in that because yeah. I am such a goofy bubbly person and I'm not super moody so like be trying to be hard all the time like half the time like when I'm taking photos with other cosplayers especially with like Loki and things like that I'm just like cracking up where I'm supposed to be like serious you know like so I have a really hard time staying in that character but I just try to approach her from a from a place of strength and of hurt and of revenge and of justice and just so much woman female energy yeah yeah there because i mean like like you've you know you've already said like she is she is definitely a wounded character um and and she's seen you know so many people in thor's world they've seen so much hurt 
and that that either makes yeah. them do really bad things or it makes them do really really honorable things. So when yeah. you're when you're when you're in the you know you, you've got the creativity going and you're trying to tap into that mentality. Um, you said it's really hard for you, your natural personality, to kind of take a back seat to the personality you want to project. Uh, so is there anything where like, you're like, man, maybe I don't want to do this aspect of the character movie specific and maybe I just want to put like my, my, my Rebecca stamp on it. Like, is there any aspect of the character when you're portraying her that you're like, no, that one, that part's mine. I think I take a little bit more of a sassy approach where I'm just like, I don't know. Cause like, she's pretty hard. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can be sassy, you know? And I, I love it because the, like I came into Valkyrie after having played such a wholesome character for so long, you know, I went from Moana to Valkyrie. So I went from like a Disney princess to this Marvel warrior badass so it was yeah so I took such a like a such a sassy approach I remember I was looking back at some of the first pictures that I took as Valkyrie and I was just like 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 so much like sass why am I so mad (laughs) I know like probably sassier than I really needed to be you know like come at me bro like I was very (laughs) aggressive (laughs) you know being in that character I think I've mellowed her down a little bit since then Okay. Um, but I've definitely kept her fiery, her spirit. I think I don't have to project so much now. I feel like I've now just kind of become one with the energy that she carries in that very, she's confident in herself. She knows who she is. Well, not really. She's a little bit because she's kind of like in this limbo of, who am I really now? Am I yeah. just, you know, the scrapper? Am I going to try to save the world with everybody? Am I now, like, I'm now this queen, you know what I mean? Like, she's going through some crazy transitions in her in her character. So, so you, but overall, I think she's very powerful. You, you, ju- you just mentioned, um, uh, you just mentioned that you, you did Moana, which is so fun. Like, I know, like, if I, if I showed, if I showed you, if I showed my kids your Moana stuff, they'd be like, oh my gosh, mom, dad, that's like, that's, that's from the movie. Um, so uh, I'm just uh, quick, like quickly, what are some of the other characters you've, you've portrayed and really like, really put a lot of effort and work into? Um, um, Probably the one that I put the most effort into because um, I didn't get a sewing machine until about a year and a half ago. So a lot of some of the things that I worked on, I had commissioned. um, Specifically, I had my Valkyrie cosplay commissioned. However, just with the way that measurements work, especially with like women and our shapely bodies and whatever, things need to be changed and altered. So I had to do a lot of like altering myself and tailoring to fix it but I had to do a lot of that stuff by hand at the time um but probably the most impressive one that I kind of put together was my x-men storm like from the 90s yes um, like the old school white storm that one was challenging because I had basically 90% of anything that was added on there was all done by hand. It was like meticulous hand stitching. Um, 
And that was intense. That was that was really hard. And I was really proud of that particular cosplay because I made it almost from scratch. Like that bodysuit I had purchased, so it was like a white bodysuit. But everything else, like all the ribbon, the lace, the things, I did that all by hand. So I was really proud of it. <laughs> so I know, listener, I know you, you signed up for a Thor podcast, but I'm going to go uh, off script for a second. I am such a fan of the 90s X-Men show. <laughs> that when yeah. when I saw you, it's actually your profile picture um, is the is, the, the yeah. storm, and I was like, oh my gosh, she got this so right, and and like <laughs> as someone who like storm is storm is one of my favorite X Men, just like yeah yeah that that I I've, I've got to learn more I've got and then I, and then I found the Valkyrie <laughs> stuff and I was like okay really just you know hitting on all levels right here uh yeah the 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 storm uh your approach to storm was was also really um a really like you know step out of a comic book kind of uh kind of a feel to it when when you think of the characters you've done and the characters you maybe want to do um or maybe even where you just want to take Valkyrie, uh, because sure. hopefully we're not done with her in the MCU. Oh no! Uh, yeah. What are kind of your 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 hopes your hopes in cosplay and um, what? Well, first of all, actually, what does cosplay? What does cosplay mean to you? You you hit on it a little bit earlier, but I would just like yeah. you maybe like boil it down for us like what does it mean to Rebecca to do these characters so I I'm confident in who I am as a person you know um I think I was asked once why do you do this like why do you put on a mask even honestly even my husband because he's not a big dress her up or at all like I can't even get him to really dress up for Halloween like he just <laughs> he's the kind of individual he'll if I give him like a t-shirt with you know like a, like a police officer t-shirt you know what I mean like yeah, just yeah, so yeah. that he looks like it's a costume he's that kind of a costume okay where, um because he's always like I just I just don't get it I just I'm happy being me and it's not that I'm not happy being myself but I just there's a power behind it like when you put on a, a costume and whether it be from comic books movies video games or whatever and because you i don't typically cosplay characters that i haven't either watched or had some sort of interest in because it's challenging because at least for me when i put it on i i know one i'm going to be approached by fans and they want to interact with me in a certain way and i need to know how to interact with them in that way so i need to understand the character and their vibe and the history a little bit to some extent um but yeah i just i just i pick up like i draw an energy from it it makes me happy it just makes me happy it's not that again not that i don't like who i am as an individual but i like being able to transport myself and be someone new for a, a little bit and just draw on their energy and their aura and power, or whatever, yeah. you know? So that's what it is for me, being able to also make a difference from it. You know, I am part of um, the Cosplayers for Cause. So um, when I, I haven't done it in a while because of the pandemic, so yeah. I'm hoping to kind of get back into it, but it brings people joy. I enjoy making people happy. I am a hundred percent that person who just buys random gifts for people just because I like to do it and being able to put on a costume and make someone happy or smile or I've had 
fans literally like start tearing up and wanting to give me hugs in different costumes because they've seen their heroes in real life. That's amazing. Like the fact that you can emotionally connect with somebody in that way, just because you've taken the time or effort and stepped out of your comfort zone to put on a costume as an adult, you know, like as you know what I mean? Because that's difficult too. It's not necessarily always easy to put on a costume and go out in public. I'm still I'm still a normal human being. I kind of sometimes wonder what people are thinking, like, this lady's crazy. <laughs> but at the same time, the benefits always kind of outweigh the the discomfort or the fear that I might feel is making people happy through it as well. Yeah, no. So, it's a lot. I well it 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 hits on kind of again a lot of what uh, these characters. Yes, they are fictional, but that yeah. doesn't mean they're not real. Right. Um. Like we know. Like we sit here as two adults having a, yeah. what some people would consider maybe a childish conversation, <laughs> and uh, and 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 we both are gra- we're, we're we're having this this shared experience over a character. We didn't create, we didn't, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't draw, we have never written for, uh, right. we've never acted, uh, you know, uh, as, as Tessa Thompson has, like, but when we see visuals, I think there's something really powerful in, in being able to see something that you really never thought would come to life, come to life, uh, through right. another person's interpretation. I, I love that. Is there any, uh, speaking of like where you might want to take the character, where, do you have any hopes for your cosplay um, uh, or maybe like goals that you want to do with it? Yeah, I don't really, um, in terms of goals that I have for Valkyrie, I'm not quite sure. We'll see. You know, we have um, the Thor Love and Thunder coming up. Yes, we do. We're going to see her. I know, exciting, right? So we will see her, you know, come into her own, you know, new role through this. Um I, if I'm not mistaken, there's like love interest there, which is pretty interesting, you know, with Valkyrie. Um, I know I, I read, like I didn't, I didn't go any deeper cause I don't, I didn't want to spoil too much for myself. I was thinking, I heard somewhere that, um, that, uh, Jane Foster might be, a be a crush interest for Valkyrie, which is really cool. Interesting. You know? being someone representative of, you know, the LGBTQ community, you know, um, that's, yeah. that's awesome having a superhero there and a woman of color. So it's, she's like breaking some barriers that are really exciting. Yeah. I, well, I always, I mean, I always, uh, I see her, uh, I see her shipped, uh, with, with Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel a lot on <laughs> yeah. Instagram. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, did, like you're you're making like you're making certain like fangirls and fanboys be like, okay, if you don't make this happen now, like. <laughs> right. But, I know. I don't know for sure. It was just one of those things I like quickly read on. I was like, oh, interesting, and I just stopped because I don't want to. I don't want to go. I just I like to be surprised. I just want to be surprised by what's coming. So yeah. we'll see. So I, I mean, in terms of. I will always try to follow um, the Valkyrie character moving forward, and I will definitely be cosplaying further um, and getting new outfits. So I'm definitely uh, excited for that. So uh, we've uh, we've talked a lot about um, your you know your approach to the, the 
your your portrayal based on uh, another uh, another actress's portrayal of the character i i just wanted to maybe like uh leave kind of maybe the the, the cosplay aspect of it aside for just a second and ask you some sure. thor specific questions uh because i want to i want to just know more about like how how does rebecca view the character um what okay. is your of all the memorabilia and the merch that I assume you have, what is your mm-hmm. favorite? What is your favorite piece of either Valkyrie or Thor related uh, that you own in, in your in your home? Oh, for sure. Um, so I don't have a ton of Thor memorabilia, but I do have my Dragon Fang. So I do have a Valkyrie sword. Um, that one is really special to me. Um, only because it was the first 3D printed cosplay prop. And I've done so many different props since then. Really? Um, and that was my very first one that I had. Three, but I didn't know back then. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> like, I feel so silly now because I should have done more research. But I had it printed and I was running out of time because we call it con crunching when you, you're you getting ready for a con and you're not ready. So you're like cramming all of your last minute you know <laughs> props and costumes putting yeah. it all together i didn't realize you had to sand it and prime it before you did all the painting i just kind of went in it you know i put my my dowel rod in the in the center i put all my pieces and i glued it all i just went to town i just spray painted i was so proud of it and then i was like oh. and then i think someone made a comment they're like oh cool can't wait to see what happens like you know when you sand it and i was like Right, 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 right. Yeah, I got to When I what? Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and I tried to, like, you know, fake it till you make it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just going to redo this later, you know. This was and like I, a rough and draft. I did. <laughs> it's funny, but I just, I love it because I have that funny memory of that. Um, and just the fact that it was my first real, like, prop that I put together. Yeah. Um, so that was, it's a special one for me. And that's the one that, um, if people go look on your page, that's the one that people will see in, in your, in your photos. Yeah, exactly. The one okay. that I'm holding in the picture. I have the daggers as well. Uh, but just that particular sword, the dragon thing is, is really cool to me. So I, I, you know what? I, I really, uh, when you're talking about like 3d printing and all that stuff, I, I, I really feel like I, I need to, um, I need to ask you about the costumes themselves. Um, sure. So uh, when you you kind of went into depth on how like you approached your storm costume, but like yeah. how many different uh, you know how many different variations of Valkyrie do you have? What kind of all what all goes into putting on that character? If you're getting um, ready I for only... like an event, what what would you be sure. going through? Well, um, I am the type of cosplayer that will rewatch a movie or I'll listen to a soundtrack or I will literally put myself emotionally back into the character before I go out in the character. So um, back when I was doing Storm, I was rewatching, you know, the old 90s um, X-Men series, you know, um, when I did Moana and I literally dressed up as Moana for birth, kids' birthday parties for almost two years. It was like a year and a half. Oh my and gosh. I listened to that soundtrack every single weekend when I was going to each and every event. I listened wow. to the entire Moana soundtrack on the way to birthday parties just because it just helped me be the character again. You know, like it put yeah. me back emotionally so that I could 
take that energy and project it out to the fans and to whoever was watching. So that's basically what I do. So I only have the one Valkyrie cosplay, which okay. will change. Um, and the only reason why I didn't get like the really cool white um, I was going to ask about the that. end of Thor Ragnarok, it's funny. I might actually just purchase it anyway. Um, I will probably make something like that from scratch. Um, although I can sew, my my skills are limited. Um, Paisley and Glue, shout out to Paisley yes. too because she's a good friend of mine. Okay. She's just yeah, as Becoming Thor mentioned, she is just phenomenal. I wish I had her skills. Um, I just am not there. Um, I am a bit of a Frankenstein cosplayer. So what I mean by that okay. is I'm a, I'm a master hunter. So if you put me on the internet, I will find these little pieces like a t-shirt or a pants or a jacket or like glasses. I will find the perfect piece and then I will take it and I will paint it or I'll Okay. dye it or I'll stitch it back together and and put it back into one big cosplay. So, which is kind of like the quick way of doing cosplaying instead of <laughs> you see what I did there? Yes, yes. So I am <laughs> so I'm quick cosplay in the fact that I can quickly put things together to create a full cosplay that wasn't either commissioned or necessarily purchased yeah. but something like a new valkyrie cosplay i'd probably commission yeah because i would like it to be as cool and accurate as possible we're, we're probably gonna now that she's come up multiple times we're probably gonna have to get paisley and glue on this show and you just should. take us oh, behind so the great. scenes of what it takes to make literally make characters uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. And her and her Hella is fantastic, and she made her Hella from scratch. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like the horns, she made all of it. She made her bodysuit. Yeah. She is props to my girl. Okay. She's good. Yeah. So uh, as as we kind of wrap up here, uh, sure. when when we've talked a lot about. A lot about your um, your approach to uh, you know Tessa Thompson uh, yeah. in her her portrayal. Um, what are what are some of your favorite moments of her in movies? I know you mentioned her her like when she arrives on the scene. <laughs> that is such a great like she's like comes out yeah. looking all badass and then she just falls over and they're like just falls over. they're like they're like they've got you know the the soldiers they like they their attention is on her she falls over and then they just go back to what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> but like what yeah, what are some I of, love that. what are some of your favorite moments of her or maybe your favorite moment of her um in the movies um, gosh, I, so I think my favorite moment would be that entrance. That entrance was so classic to me. It was, like I said, it laughed my butt off. I thought it was so great that they would put a humorous twist on someone who was going to become so powerful later. And I mean, most of a lot, there were several of the, of the Marvel films that were just plain hilarious, but serious and deep at the same time. And I really yeah. appreciate that about a lot of the MCU films. Um, but I think, what are some other of my favorite moments? Um, I think her kind of stepping out and in her battle armor, um, teaming up with Thor at the end against Hela was really awesome. The moment where she is standing on top of the mountain or on like that 
over the, you know, I'm talking the cliff, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. with Thor, and he's talking about how she's going to take over, and she's talking about how she's going to make, there's going to be changes around here. Like, that's <laughs> deep. Like, bring that whip, girl. Like, absolutely. I was, that was, those are also great moments for me. But yeah, yeah she's just fantastic in general. Just so cool, collected, and. I I wish people could see your face right now because you got all like starry eyed. <laughs> well, uh, so Rebecca, uh, as we as we wrap up here, I, I want to give you an opportunity just to uh, plug your own stuff, uh, maybe uh, sure. other 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 things that you're involved with, um, some of your uh, sure. groups. Uh, man, just uh, take it away as we close out this interview. Sure. Um, so again, you can find me at Quick Cosplay, and it's Q U I K Cosplay. So there's no C in there. It's a big mistake. No, no. It's kind of like the Quicksilver brand. So, yes. so like Quicksilver, because that was my maiden last name. Quicksilver, Quicksilver. Okay. So then I took it and turned it into Quick Cosplay. So um, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and uh, I am part of Costumers for a Cause, as well as um, Over 30 Cosplay, all great groups, um, wonderful people who participate. So if you're interested in cosplaying, I do have to say, don't be afraid. Get Step out of your comfort zone. Just take a chance. You'll be surprised at how welcoming and how encouraging people will be that you took that step. So just have fun. Don't be scared and come join me in the cosplay world. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I really appreciate you spending time with us uh, today. Um, everybody, go follow all of those accounts, all of those groups, um, and you will be uh, definitely inspired. Uh, you will uh, have a lot of fun just looking at how she approaches all these characters. So, uh, Rebecca, we will see you down the road. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, guys. What's up, everybody? We are back for another low-key recap, episode two, The Variant. We are going to uh, dig into this episode. We're going to get some some quick reactions and thoughts to it so that you can just see what we're thinking about, how far Loki has come so far. I brought on my good friend Eric Fisher to discuss this episode uh, so he's going to jump in here in just a minute. I just wanted you guys to know across the Bifrost came from Eric. That was his idea. So you have Eric to thank for the, the great name of this podcast, but, uh, Eric, it's good to have you on the podcast, man. Hey buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So this episode, um, uh, our second episode in the series, uh, the variant, uh, I just want to know what did, what were some of your main big takeaways from this episode um, that we saw just a matter of days ago? I really liked this episode. I was I was a little trepidatious going into the first episode. Uh, it was a little slow to start for me. Um, I, I I didn't recall a whole lot about um, you know the TVA and the and the timekeepers and that stuff from the comics. Um, I don't think that was really a storyline that I followed real closely. Um, okay. But 
this the second episode definitely got things going it it started a little slow as well but it seemed like it picked up a lot faster and and uh you know you really got a feel for which direction the the story was going and uh yeah yeah way way more uh action this time around i think too um, yeah, yeah, we like we started off with an action scene in in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, of all places, <laughs> at a at a Renaissance fair. No less. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> sure, I, I I trust it. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, and I mean, yeah, right away we get to see uh, who we find. We find out, you know, the 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 signature bad guy jumping a bunch of other TVA. Um, personnel but this time taking one of them prisoner i thought that was a cool little toss in um right off the top just to grab our attention what were some of your like uh highlights of this episode i feel like we got so much in this episode it was really packed with a lot of information and a lot of detective work but i'm just wondering what are some of your main takeaways from uh this second episode yeah yeah like you said there's there was a lot in this episode um there was stuff you know there was stuff in this episode that kind of called back to the first episode that reminded me of things that i kind of caught in passing in the first episode and didn't really think anything of and then i and then you know that comic brain of mine kicked in and was like hey you know that name (laughs) they said that and that's from the comics like the um, you know the kind of the judge uh, from you know uh, Rinslayer, yes, uh, yep. from the, from the first one. Um, you know she's got she's got comic ties to uh, King, the yes, Conqueror, and you know all of the multiverse stuff and the timeline stuff. Kind of in the comic books, it all, kind of all ties back to King and his you know his escapades and his uh, his adventures. Um, yeah, she, which I is. Do- Oh, go ahead, man. No, I was just, it was just a really interesting thing that, like I said, in the first, in the first episode, I didn't even, it it wasn't even something that I latched onto right away. Yeah. I, I, speaking of Kang, I, I had this prediction in our preview that Kang is, is either closely tied to, or he is one of the timekeepers. Right. And I, I was thinking the same thing when I saw their faces. And, uh, you know, when, when, uh, Loki described them as magic space lizards or (laughs) (laughs) however he described them, uh, yeah, I thought I was thinking the same thing because, you know, there's three of them and, uh, the statues have that, you know, if, if Kang was going to be, uh, placed in a, you know, live action Marvel movie, what would, what would he look like? And it'd probably be like one of those guys. Yeah. And, and, and um, maybe this is too much of a deep dive, but like there is this concept in, in comics, the, the council of Kangs um, that through, you know, the multiverses that Kang can look different ways and he can appear, uh, you know, almost, you know, almost like a variant of himself, uh, so I think I think maybe they could even tweak his look a little bit for the mm-hmm. show, but we didn't see Kang in this episode. He was not confirmed in this episode. What was confirmed was uh, a big reveal at the end. Um, I just uh, hey, if you have not seen Loki episode two, I what are you listening to this right now for? <laughs> you should pa- you should pause right now before Eric and I spoil it. 
and you should go watch the episode and then come back and hear us break down the rest of the episode. But at the end, we get this big reveal that the variant of Loki that they're chasing down is a female version of, uh, we believe to be a female version of Loki. Um, she, uh, she takes Loki through this weird maze uh, uh, in, a, in a rocks mart, which I thought was a great callback to Roxxon. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Marvel yeah. Comics. Um, I, that made me happy. But we see this big reveal at the end. I wanted to get your takeaway of uh, this the mystery that we get in the first episode already being revealed in the second episode. Yeah, so, and that's the thing, too, is I, I was wondering, you know, she's got the broken horn on her circlet, which, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is that big callback to the Lady Loki, you know, for, yes. for lack of a better <laughs> terminology uh, from the comics. But she's also... Uh, She's also blonde, which, you know, Loki's female persona in the comics had black hair like he does uh, in his his male form. Uh, So that kind of threw me. And when, okay, so (laughs) I'm kind of an Easter egg hunter, right? So even, even in the shows that I don't care for, (laughs) I, I try to, I try to pick out, you know, the little things here and there. Like yeah, all the Netflix, yeah. all the old Netflix series and that. But if I don't know if you caught this at the end, but in the credits, she's credited as Sylvie. Oh, her I char- did not catch that. Her character is credited as Sylvie, who is, you know, that's the alias for Enchantress. And Enchantress is kind of tied yes. back to Loki in a way. Yes. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe... Maybe they're going the way of, yes, she is a variant of Loki, but she's this she, but she's also this Sylvie slash Enchantress. Um, That's and interesting. The thing that kind of cemented that for me too was, you know, Loki. Uh, she has the ability to just kind of do the Scarlet Witch thing, where she can touch somebody and kind of take over their mind, and, which was very cool in the episode. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. The cool green power. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't think I don't think Loki like inherently has that ability. I think he has to have some kind of tool like the like the stone, the mind stone. Um, yeah. In order to do that. But, you know, it's all <laughs> it's all speculation at this point. Exactly. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did think in the credits when I saw it, her name and I think it was one of the, you know, the foreign credits they run through the the different language credits. And on one of those, it said Sylvie. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, I would love I would I, I'm a big fan of of Amora Amora the Enchantress mm-hmm. from uh, the comics I <laughs> I actually just recently bought an Amora an Amora uh, cover of a, of an old Thor comic and uh, I was like so why did you buy this one I was like uh, it's got Amora the Enchantress in it and it's like <laughs> just went over went over the person's head and I'm like just you wait. Loki, the Loki TV show will prove to you why you should care about this character. I was like, that psyched for the possibility of it. Right. And it sounds like, from what you're saying, like we're, we might be headed down that road where the Enchantress shows up and we get to see her, um, her own kind of, uh, her own spin on mischief and trickery because she's also known for the, the the same type of power set that Loki has 
it's very um deceptive and right. very um she she she's very conniving um so that would be a really cool way to introduce her um with uh with the one of the main themes of the episode was uh that the uh the the person that is tracking down the TVA is hiding in these uh, catastrophes, these ma- these uh, moments of mass destruction. When Loki is looking into all that, and he's doing his he's doing his best like Sherlock Holmes impression. What were you, were you tracking with that? Like Eric, was that m- making sense to you? Because it was it took me a little bit to make sense of all that, but I loved how they they pieced that together. I just wanted to uh, yeah see your yeah. thoughts on that. Yeah, it took me it took me a couple of seconds too as he was going through the paperwork. That was kind of one of my favorite scenes of this episode. Actually, is when he's doing his research and he's kind of there's a lot just like in the first episode. There's a lot in the second episode where you have to kind of see uh, behind Loki's eyes as he realizes kind of the havoc that he's wreaked or that he will wreak in the future. Yeah. You know, as as the variant that he isn't. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. With the, you know, the, the the paper that he saw where it talks about, you know, the planetary descri- destruction of Asgard. Oh my and gosh. He, and he and he reads the numbers of the dead, and you kind of see his eyes well up with tears again, like when he saw, uh, when he saw that he was responsible for his and Thor's mother's death in the first one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I liked that too because that was kind of one of those things where as he's reading through those things, I'm reading as fast as I can on screen. Oh my god! <laughs> right <laughs> to try to pin down anything that might jump out on those papers because they uh, don't the... they don't show us anything on accident. Like right, we're meant to like. It's funny, not a single in that scene that you're referring to, not a single word was said, right. but you're reading along the document. And you're just like, oh my gosh, right. He doesn't know that Asgard gets destroyed. Right. And you or almost the... forget about it as a movie fan. You're like, oh right, Asgard doesn't exist in the in our current, you know, uh non-variant MCU timeline in the divine timeline. Asgard is gone and Loki has to process that as well. Yeah, yep, exactly. He's he's kind of, you know, he he is very literally a man out of time. And he yeah, has to, yeah. he, like you said, he has no idea that he, he, that these things have happened or that he's mostly responsible for a lot of this. Um, he has to kind of come to terms with that without being that Loki, which is, it's kind of a crazy concept. I mean, the, the whole, the whole TVA thing to me is, is really crazy. Um, and the more the more I think about it, the more I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's. So, with the TVA, I I, I said it last re- recap of episode one. I, I alluded to it in the preview. I think we're gonna get a point in this series where the TVA, um, the TVA is revealed to not be up to such honorable goals yeah and i don't i don't think it's like renslayer's fault i don't think it's the hunter's fault or even uh even mobius's fault i think the timekeepers are using the tva to protect this timeline because it's the timeline that keeps them in power that's my that's my theory um it's not entirely original with me 
Um, but I've really fallen in love with that, that the timekeepers are using the TVA to basically stay on top. But, yeah, and I I kind of wonder, are the time are the timekeepers even real? Are they still alive? You know, do they still oh. e- exist in the way that they did in that really cool animated short that they showed? <laughs> yes. I, I don't know about you, but I would kill for a Marvel animated series in that animation style. Oh, yes. If we can get like a Marvel, like a Marvel superhero version of like the Jetsons, that would be amazing. <laughs> I just like, I really liked the the comic style that they showed the Timekeepers when they were talking about the the multi, the original multiverse and and how they thread it back together. Um, it felt very like nineteen sixties Marvel Jack Kirby art. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Style. Silver Surfer. Yeah. Oh my god. Cosmic. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I like your, I like your theory and I'm, I'm on board with it up to a point. I think, I I think Rinslayer, here's my take on it. I think Rinslayer might be one of the big bads as far as the TVA goes. I think she's, I think she's hiding. Well, I know she's hiding at least one thing, right? She told when Mobius is in her office, she tells him, I, you know, you're not the only field agent or the only analyst that works for me. And he says, Oh, do you have another analyst on the side? And I think she does. And I yeah. think it I think it's a very it may very well be a variant of Mobius. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I'm that's, down with that. That's that's just because he's kind of in the comics, I know he's kind of like the Agent Smith of yeah, the TVA, yep. where there are different iterations of himself, but he kind of plays judge, jury, and executioner in that in that in that comic realm. Uh, whereas Rinslayer is kind of the judge in this piece. So it makes me think that maybe she's hiding things, not, not just from uh, Mobius, but from everybody, everybody in the TVA. Like maybe she knows that the timekeepers don't, aren't, aren't around anymore. Or maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they're not, maybe they're just not in the game in the same way that they were before. And I'm, yeah, I'm just okay. curious. It's kind of like it's kind of like the uh, the the man behind the curtain kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and then you you pull back the curtain. You're like, oh, uh, what we thought was back here is not back here. Yeah, um, exactly. So so we just kind of d- dug into um, already. My my uh, my last parting question is: What do you hope we see moving forward? Um, Because we know at the end of episode two, Loki jumps into the same uh, like astral dimensional doorway that uh, for all intents and purposes, we'll just call her for now, Lady Loki. Uh, She she jumps in. He goes after her or or is at least intrigued by following her. What do you see happening uh, as we wrap up this recap? I, I think f- from my perspective, I, you know, Loki, Loki is a very curious character uh, by nature, not just mischievous, but very curious. Uh, and I think his primary objective of following her through that door was maybe not to not to betray the TVA directly or Mobius directly. Yeah. Um, but more to say hey, I need to know, I need to know what she's doing because if she is a variant of me, I need to know why she is who she is and she's not just Loki. Um, and, you know, I think he has a, he has a grasp of 
what she's capable of and he might realize that she might be more powerful than he is or more than he's willing to give her credit for um yeah and you know from the from the trailers you, you know this is just the tip of the iceberg we're gonna see oh, yeah. loki in all these different roles um uh, and one of the things that i'm very curious about is you know how ha- ha- not only how is he going to avoid the TVA jumping through these doors, but how, also how is he going to avoid the, the wrath of his brother? Is that going to come into play? Um, because, you know, Thor kind of always knows where Loki is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so some way or another, he knows where Loki is and what he's doing if he's up to no good. So no matter what universe we're in, that sibling rivalry is still alive and well right yeah he's still the little brother that's causing trouble well uh i i just just real briefly here i think we are gonna get in this next episode i feel like we're gonna get a a um a dialogue between loki and this female variant of him that is gonna shed some light on her motives and on the opposite side maybe a not so rose-colored glasses view of the tva i think she's gonna be uh be like our our eyes into the other side of this conflict yeah kind of open loki's eyes to what's really happening yeah it kind of i i kind of think it will remind us those of us that watched falcon and the winter soldier when Sam has his moments of dialogue with Carly Morgenthau, I think it will it will help us to both sympathize with the quote unquote villain, but also be a little more suspicious of the, you know, the so-called good guys of the show. Um, I look forward to just expounding a little bit more on uh, why she's jumping from place to place and resetting timelines and then why she just reset the divine timeline or attempted to, we don't know how that played out yet. Uh, I mean, I mean, very realistically, it could be, you know, the birth of the multiverse that we know is coming in the marbles in the MCU. Yes. With, there is a multiverse of madness coming. Well, then Um, quantum mania and quantum. Yep. Where even, Kang even, is gonna show up, and even even Spider Man, you know the the rumor is that the Spider live action Spider Man is gonna delve into into the Spider Verse uh, with multiple oh. Peter Parkers, multiple uh, Peter Parkers. Yeah, <laughs> so I but, mean, there's no there's no telling there's no telling what's gonna come from this. If that if this is the seed that starts the forest, that's gonna be a really cool really cool tie into the to the MCU or tie back to the MCU. Could not agree more. Eric, thanks for joining me to break down episode two, the variant of Loki. We got four more episodes left and we've got so many questions. This show has been a nonstop, uh, just crazy thrill ride through all these different, uh, you know, dimensions and times. And my goodness, it's, it's been breathtaking so far. Uh, Eric, man, uh, appreciate you. Have a good rest of your day, and uh, we'll see you down the road, man. Sounds good. I'll talk to you soon.
That is all for the show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed both of our conversations today. I want to thank Rebecca for stopping by. Don't forget to go follow her at Quick Cosplay. Follow her. Uh, just see her bring all these characters she loves to life. She was truly a joy to talk with today. And thank you to Eric for stopping by, talking Loki episode to the variant with us and thank you eric for giving us the name of this podcast uh he is such a, a good friend and he's given me a lot of good ideas through the last few years so i just want to thank him he is really the uh the genesis of the name of this show so everybody as always go follow us on social media at across the bifrost on instagram at Across Bifrost on Twitter. Reach out to us there. Tell us maybe some of the things you love about Valkyrie, some of the things you're loving about Loki so far. We're almost halfway through the show. So be sure to reach us out to us on those platforms. Talk with us. We would love that. Don't forget, we drop brand new episodes of our Throwback Thursday series. Every Thursday, we go back into the history of Thor. We read some comics and we learn some more about the character. This Thursday, we have another special guest coming back to read some Thor comics with us. We'll cover three issues of Journey into Mystery. So we look forward to doing that with you on Thursday as part of this series. We look forward to that next time that you join us aboard the Rainbow Bridge, listener. Have a great rest of your day and remember, stay worthy.